Hi friend, welcome to Charge My Core, where we are all about navigating the journey of self-discovery together. My name is Susie and I'm determined to change the world by having vulnerable conversations and deep connection that goes beyond a screen. I will help you uncover who you are at your core with insightful discussions, inspiring guests, and interactive challenges to get you out of your scroll and into your soul. This podcast will help you strip back who you think you should be to remember the wildly capable human you already are. Think of it as a cup of tea, a hug, and a kick in the butt all at once. So while we're striving for more, let's take a minute to slow down and charge our core. Hi friend, welcome back to Charge My Core, episode seven. Let's do it, baby. Today we are talking about why we should do a software update on our mindset as often as we do a software update on our devices. Or if you're anything like me, you might be procrastinating that software update on your devices because you have low storage on your phone. But that can just add to the analogy. So why should we do these software updates on our mindsets, on our soul? Why should we charge our core? And how is this relevant to finding moments of joy? These two topics came to me this week, and I've spent a lot of time off of social media and really been tuning into this concept of creating before I consume. So before I read things from other podcasters, bloggers, inspirational speakers, I want to create and I want to think about what is relevant to my own world and my own wisdom. And that is where these downloads came from. That is where this podcast topic came from. So I'm really excited to share it. I'm really excited to hear your feedback. As always, I love to think of this like we are just chatting on a beach walk and we have some matcha lattes with coconut milk (laughs) or that we are having a three hour long FaceTime uh, catching up about all of our lives. So you being there and listening to this makes it a conversation and your feedback makes me inspired to keep talking about these topics and keep sharing my unique perspective. And that's why I want to make sure that I give a trigger warning and that I make it very clear that any of my listeners who are struggling with their mental health right now, whether it be anxiety or depression, and you are really finding it hard to talk about looking at things in a different way. If you are in a place where finding moments of joy is literally the last thing on your mind, I want to give you permission to turn this episode off. If this does not sound like something that would be helpful for you right now, that is okay. And full transparency, when I first started this podcast in November and December, I was working on the course with Keisha Fitzgerald in November, and then I launched in the middle of December. I was going through some really hard mental health lows with seasonal affective disorder, and I also have generalized anxiety and ADHD. And I have been having some severe lows, like I think we all have. And for me, I've always shown up, especially 
publicly as enthusiasm, right? That's the name of my blog and my Instagram. That's what so many people know and remember about me is this positive attitude. And I felt so confused how to show up in the world when I didn't feel like sunshine was pouring out of my ass, when I didn't feel like I could make jokes and I could laugh and I could be myself. So if you are in that place, I see you, I feel you, you are not alone. And the biggest thing that I can remind you of is that this won't last forever. And maybe you're in a place where you have been feeling low, but you're feeling like, oh, I really want to make a change. I can make a change. I'm feeling more strength coming back. Then this is the episode for you, right? And if you've been in a good place, good. I'm so, so happy to hear that. But I think as a collective, as a whole human race, we are all experiencing emotions and situations that we were not prepared for and that are very difficult to navigate. So please just be proud of yourself for being here and being alive and making it to 2021, making it out of 2020, because that was a curveball, right? That was a plot twist. So today let's dive into the software update analogy. We're also going to talk about toxic positivity and how to avoid it. And then I'm going to give you some tips for choosing moments of joy with this new software update, with this new human software update happening on your mindset. So software updates, let's talk about them, baby. So I am someone who lives and breathes Apple products. I have an iPhone and a MacBook Air, and I love to ignore the software update, a little reminder that keeps coming up in the corner of my MacBook, and the software update that keeps happening on my iPhone. But if you haven't noticed, when you do this, then your phone starts working slower, it starts crashing, your apps aren't working. And finally this weekend, since I wasn't really posting on social media, I decided I really wanted to take that that time away. The more I'm learning in my digital wellness course, the more I am really leaning into being more intentional with my time on social media, even while using it for a business, reclaiming my time and really focusing on less scroll and more soul. This podcast has been such an incredible public accountability tool because I'm not going to come on here and talk about all these tips for us to charge our core more and not be doing it myself. If you know me, you know that I always practice what I preach. So since I put so much more attention on digital wellness and boundaries with technology because of enrolling in this course and starting this podcast and helping you do the same, I know that I better be walking the walk, baby. So this software update, right? I decided since I wasn't on social really this weekend anyways, might as well do my software update. It takes forever. Why does it take so long? I don't know. But think of this analogy, right? A software update, it takes a long time. It's designed to fix bugs, but sometimes it makes things get worse. It makes your phone slower and it doesn't really fix the situation. Also takes a while to get used to the changes, right? You're not used to navigating your phone with the new format or your laptop. And you know that if you don't do it, you'll get tons of reminders, right? It keeps popping up and you're like, oh my gosh, I know I need to do it. 
right? So how can we reframe a software update and think of it for ourselves? How can we do a software update on our mindset? Do we have to throw away our whole mind, our whole brain? No, right? You don't throw away your iPhone or your MacBook. You're doing an update, right? Does it take a long time? Yes. Change is not something that happens overnight. And that is why we're continually talking about changing and how difficult it is to navigate change from a place of love. It's not an easy thing to do, right? So if you are doing a software update on your mindset, what are some beliefs that are no longer serving you? What are some stories that you tell about yourself? For example, we had snow in England here and it was just a small dusting. I am originally from Syracuse, New York which is one of the top 10 snowiest cities in America. So when I say that I grew up with snow, I mean, I grew up with snow, like at least a foot of snow from November to pretty much April. And anytime that it snows in England, all the British people get so excited. And I laugh my little booty off because to me, snow is such a normal part of life. But for them, it's this amazing, rare occurrence and they really find the joy in it. So I identify strongly with the emotion that I hate snow, with the statement that I hate snow because I had way too much of it growing up. I don't like being cold. I never got into snowboarding or skiing, and I just always thrive in the sunshine in the summer. I've thrived in the hot countries that I've lived in. I just think that I'm a lizard. I say this to my fiance all the time. Like I will never complain about it being too hot, but I have this identity for myself that I hate snow. And so when it snowed in England and we were talking about going on a hike, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like snow is not my thing. I don't really care about seeing it or playing in it or going for a hike in it. And Harry was like, come on, babe, like why not? And then we went up there and I was like, oh, I actually really do like snow. It looks so beautiful. I just don't like five months of it, right? So this is where this idea of a software update came because I was like, wait a second. I have this belief that something so trivial and silly, like I hate snow, but I've been telling myself this for years and years and years and just blindly accepting it instead of updating that belief and making it something that can serve me, right? Changing your perspective on a given situation to give it a more beneficial meaning. That is the definition of reframing. So doing a software update on your mindset is using reframing in real time all the time, right? But when I looked up the definition of reframing, it's changing your perspective on a given situation to give it a more positive meaning, right? There's such a big difference between beneficial and positive. And if we try to make everything positive, then we might get into the gray area of toxic positivity. This is something that has really blown up in the mental health space and the internet at large this year because some people are just trying to gloss over the pandemic by making others feel as if the only option is to have a positive mindset, right? And so as someone who is super positive, who is super optimistic, who is an Enneagram 7, who is, you know, goofy and funny by nature, 
and a fun-loving person who also struggles with their mental health and has gone through a tremendous amount of pain and grief and trauma in my past. I know how darkness and light can coexist because they coexist within me so deeply. And for a while, if you haven't listened to episode six, I talk about how I often tried to reframe before I felt those negative emotions. So if you're needing help processing negative emotions, listen to episode six. I think you'll really resonate with it. But toxic positivity is the assumption either by oneself or others that despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, they should only have a positive mindset. That is toxic. That is not helpful. More often than not, we need reminders to make space for negative emotions. But the thing about processing emotions is if we are doing it in a healthy way, we are not suppressing any emotions, including joy. And suppressing joy is a very real thing. I just posted about it last week on my Instagram and so many people DM'd me about it and really resonated with this idea. And the truth is, is that Brene Brown in her 20 years of research on emotions and feelings and shame and vulnerability, she discovered that joy is the most vulnerable emotion that we can feel. So when we are going through a software update, we also have to allow ourselves to have the full range of human emotions, including joy. We have to allow ourselves to be fully present in moments that we feel good just as much as we are fully present in moments that we feel bad, right? But remember, these software updates, they take time and sometimes they are designed to improve something. So sometimes you might hear, okay, I need to have a more positive mindset. And you might really be focusing on that, but then it ends up making things worse, right? Then you are in new uncharted territory. And maybe because you're trying to focus so intently on a positive mindset, then you are not making space for your other emotions. This is why I really like to focus on the importance of moments of joy moments and finding moments of joy. So I'm going to give you some tangible tips on finding moments of joy that have really worked for me. On my Instagram post, I said choosing moments of joy because I'm obsessed with language and I'm very, very critical of how is my language impacting other people's opinion of this right? And truly, I know that I can only do what I can do, that I can only share what I can share. And I think you've, if you've listened to seven episodes of this, you know that my goal is to empower you to figure out what resonates with you and figure out the power and the way to give yourself that software update where when things don't resonate with you, even if it's someone you admire, even if it's someone you love, even if it's someone you respect, you say, uh, that advice doesn't really work for me, or that opinion doesn't really resonate, or that isn't serving me in this stage of my life or where I'm currently at with my mental health or with my priorities, right? Being able to discern what you need for yourself, that is such an important skill. So I was 
focused on choosing joy. And then I thought, you know, sometimes it doesn't feel like a choice. It feels more difficult than a choice, right? A choice is, do you want to order Chinese or Indian for takeaway? And you will only understand that reference if you are British or you live in the UK or you have lived in the UK, because those are basically the only options for takeout food in England. (laughs) The joys of being an expat, all of these international references. But that is a choice, right? And finding moments of joy is more representative of the software download that I have where I get really curious, right? Going back to that curiosity lens. Can you get more curious about things that give you little bursts of joy, right? And joy to me is shorter than happiness. Happiness seems like this long thing that you have this big, long stretch of happiness, whereas joy is just like a quick burst, right? Like a solo episode of charge my core. That just gives you a little bit of joy. That's what I hope anyways. Um, So yes, tips for finding moments of joy. The number one tip is self-compassion. When you can find those moments, amazing. When you can't, you are no less of a person, right? Ask yourself, what advice would I give to a friend right now, right? And this is something that I do so often when I'm practicing self-compassion. What advice would I tell a friend? What advice would I tell my niece? What advice would I tell my mom? Would I give the same attitude and the same tone of voice as I'm giving my inner critic? And the answer is usually no. So self-compassion in finding moments of joy. When I am looking for joy, I'm looking for moments instead of moods, right? Sometimes, especially in a global pandemic, especially with the culture of the world right now, it can feel really hard to be in a good mood, point blank, point blank, full stop, end of sentence. It can feel really hard to be in a good mood, but finding moments of joy feels so much less intimidating. And when I need inspiration, I think about children and I think about animals. So if you have children at home and you're homeschooling them and they're having so much fun, or you have a pet, a furry baby that you love just as much as you love your child, maybe more depending on the day, what can you learn from them about choosing joy? I love toddlers because they are so funny about processing and feeling emotions, right? They get upset. They have an absolute epic meltdown. And then two seconds later, they're laughing and they're your best friend again. And they're giving you a hug and they're having a great time, right? Finding moments of joy. So how can you be more like a toddler having a tantrum? And how can you be more like a dog when they get in trouble for chewing something and then you get out their favorite toy to cheer them up or you get them a treat, right? Or you take them on a walk. They let go of the other moments and they focus on the moment they're in. So when you are having trouble and you are thinking, oh, I just need to be in a good mood, don't make it the whole mood. Make it a moment and look to the children in your life and the animals in your life for inspiration because they are experts at choosing moments. And unfortunately, a lot of times you cannot regulate the moments that they choose, especially toddlers. If even a moment of joy feels like too much right now, today or this week or this month or this season, can you embrace laughter and humor, right? Can you find something goofy and weird? Can you narrate your own life like the holiday? Uh, Amanda Woods is now, you know how they do that in the holiday? Like they're narrating her life. Um, It's so funny. But 
Can you focus on laughter? And can you talk to people who make you laugh? Can you process your emotions? Absolutely. Can you talk about the heaviness? Absolutely. Should you do those? Yes. But should you find periods of laughter too? Things that make you laugh and bring you joy, no matter what kind of mood you're in. I don't know about you, but those Bernie memes were giving me all types of life last week. You saw that they actually exploded the internet and so many people around the world in so many different countries who aren't even American were really resonating with how funny this was and how universal that sense of humor and laughter was, right? Never underestimate the power of laughter and realize that your sense of humor changes, right? You might find something funny right now that you would have never found funny a year ago. You might be vibing with the dark humor. You might be vibing with the sarcasm. You might be finding things funny that you literally never found funny before, but life is different. Allow yourself to change, including what makes you laugh. And if all else fails, put on Bridesmaids or Stepbrothers or whatever is your go-to funny movies. They make me laugh every single time as if I've never seen them. I don't know why, I just resonate so deeply with that sense of humor. So that takes me nicely into my next topic about knowing your audience. So just like we all have different senses of humor, just like we all have different movie tastes, funny go-to movies, you have to know your audience when it comes to finding moments of joy. Right now, in a global pandemic, we all have people in our lives who have lost loved ones. We all have people in our lives who have lost their job or had to change their business or pivot, you know, directions in their career. We all have people who are grieving. We all have people who are isolated. We all have a lot going on in our own individual lives and collectively. So right now it's really important to know your audience. It doesn't mean that you need to hide who you are from other people, but just know your audience. If your friend just lost her job, I probably wouldn't be celebrating with her how much you love your business right now or how much you're killing it or that you just got a promotion, right? You can have those moments of joy, absolutely, but know your audience because the more open people are to receiving your joy, the easier it is for you to continue to show up joyfully. If you share your joy with people who are going to shut it down, it's going to make it more difficult for you next time to remember that software update, to remember it is safe to feel this emotion of joy. So know your audience. There's nothing wrong with it, but you just want to make sure that who you're sharing your joy with is going to receive it well. And spoiler alert, you don't always have to share your joy with someone else. If you are feeling a low day and you're working from home by yourself or you're feeling claustrophobic, you can do things like turn on some music really loud, some 90s rap or some 2000s R&B, right? Or do some dancing, like get moving, do some shifting of your energy to find that joy. Because if you are looking for joy, I promise you, you are not going to find it scrolling on your phone and feeling miserable and thinking about how shitty the pandemic is. That's not where you're going to find your joy, sister. You got to change your state. Go for a walk, get out, start dancing, turn the music on, start being silly with your kids, make funny faces in the mirror, change your state. 
You don't have to involve other people if other people aren't there. But if they are, get your kids up for a dance party. You know they'll be up for it. Get moving and change your state because joy does not have to involve other people. You want other people's support, but really you can find your own moments. You can find your own moments of joy. And the last one is treating each day as something new. And I want to edit that and say treating each moment as something new because so often we say, oh, it's just been a bad day, but was it a bad day or was it a bad moment? You have to constantly ask yourself that. So those tips for finding joy, once again, having self-compassion or thinking of moments instead of moods, embracing the laughter and the humor, knowing your audience, getting authentic support and treating each moment as something new. I hope this helps you to do a software update on yourself. This is not revolutionary information. That's the point is that software updates are just changing little things about yourself, just tweaking little bits to improve day after day. And you might not resonate with every single software update that happens, but they're necessary or you're going to keep getting the reminders including this one. I challenge you to find moments of joy this week and include it in your screenshot of the episode to inspire other people to listen, to spread the movement, to spread the message, not of toxic positivity, but of finding those moments of joy and updating the software of our mindset so we can be the best version of ourselves possible. Have a great day and don't forget to charge your core this week. Thank you so much for listening to Charge My Core. If you vibed with this episode, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at enthusiasm because if you connected with this episode, then I bet your friends will too. Together, we can figure out how to charge up ourselves as much as we charge our devices. Until next time, focus on less scroll and more soul.